the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good Friday afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. Let's begin on the business beat. The December jobs report went public today and it was a good one. This is a strong labor market reflecting a relatively strong economy. Business analyst Stuart Varney says another positive sign, the labor participation rate is up. In other words, people are coming back into the labor force. They're coming back to work. All of that is a positive. The one blip on the jobs front, wages are still stagnant. But Varney says that may be a good thing in the the end because it'll keep interest rates in check. Average hourly earnings, not good, not strong. That's what the Fed wants to see. So maybe they won't be so gung-ho about raising interest rates. Employers added 223,000 jobs to their payrolls last month. The overall unemployment rate dropped to 3.5%. History being made in the U.S. House, not since the year 1859, two years before the Civil War, has it taken this long to elect a speaker. Let's get this over with. Let's choose our speaker. The man who wants to be Speaker California's Kevin McCarthy doesn't seem too worried. So if this takes a little longer and it doesn't meet your deadline, that's okay. He says it's not how you start, but how you finish. But many in Washington are starting to worry. One of our three branches of government offline right now. That is a very dangerous thing for our country, and it cannot continue much longer. McCarthy's failed after 11 rounds of voting to get the support he needs. I wouldn't be betting on uh, my vote for Kevin McCarthy under almost any circumstance. But backroom deal making may provide a breakthrough today or sometime over the weekend round 12 of the voting about to get underway breaking news today about buffalo bill's safety damar hamlin the 24 year old is now breathing on his own and able to speak after his breathing tube was removed from his throat today hamlin spoke to his teammates on facetime from the cincinnati hospital where he continues to recover nearly a week after his heart stopped beating during a game against the bengals chilling new details today about the grisly murders of those four University of Idaho students. One of the two surviving roommates says she came face to face with the killer the night of the stabbings. Here's NBC's Gotti Schwartz. Waking at around 4 a.m., she says she heard one of the roommates say, there's someone here, but didn't see anyone when she looked herself. She later heard crying coming from the victim's rooms and a man say something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm gonna help you. She opened her door to see a man dressed in black and wearing a mask who walked towards her and out a back door as she stood in frozen shock and then locked herself in her room. The suspect's DNA was found on a knife sheath that was left at the crime scene. Also, his cell phone pinged 12 times near the victim's home. Criminal prosecutor Laura Jarrett says we still don't have a motive, though, and that is unusual. It's the question on all of our minds. What was his connection to these women and the boyfriend? How did he find them? How did he zero in on them? The accused killer Brian Koberger being held without bail. If convicted, he faces life in prison or death by lethal injection. Today is January 6th, two years since the attack on the Capitol. I've never been in this house. How about you? That's right. We own it. We own you. 
President Biden will mark the anniversary with an event at the White House this afternoon. A dozen people will receive the Presidential Citizens Medal. That's the country's second highest civilian honor. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy. Recipients will include police officers who were beaten by rioters, election workers who became targets of harassment, and local officials who affirmed the results in the face of pressure from Trump allies. Five deaths are blamed on the January 6th Capitol attack. 900 Americans have been arrested for participating in the protests. The FBI says hundreds more face prosecution. The Pentagon is purging itself of all things related to the Confederacy. The military has begun a nationwide makeover to get rid of 1,100 building names, statues, and displays that honor the symbol of the South during the Civil War. Nine army bases still bear the names of Confederate generals. Those bases have until January 1st of next year to cancel the Confederacy. A 36-hour unilateral ceasefire began today in Ukraine. It was ordered by Russia. Reporter Hugo Bachegas is in Kiev. President Zelensky said this was a trick by Russia. He described it as a sign that Moscow is in a desperate situation. Many here believe that this is an attempt by Russia to give its troops a break to stop Ukraine's advances in the east of the country where most of the fighting has been taking place. Reporter Matt Bradley says Ukraine has an important decision to make with this truce. Do they abide by this truce and risk that they could get a surprise attack or risk firing back and taking advantage of the situation when the guns are silent on the Russian side? The truce is being observed through Saturday to mark Orthodox Christmas in Russia. The death toll has risen to six from record rain in California. The violent storms have caused widespread destruction near San Francisco. I had to do a double take. It was like a bomb went off. And in Santa Cruz, things not much better. There's a house that completely lifted off its foundation is sitting in the middle of the street, blocking the rest of the neighborhood off. The storm victims include a 19-year-old girl who was killed when her car hydroplaned into a light pole and a two-year-old boy whose mobile home was hit by a giant redwood tree. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has approved the use of the world's first vaccine for honeybees. It's engineered to protect them against a bacteria that is endangering bee colonies. Honeybees have been in decline in this country for nearly 20 years. Still to come on the Noon Report for a Friday, the Bills try to get back to football. Windmills in the Great Lakes and how a dog is helping kids read in Broome County. Well, good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. Yes, there is a little snow in the forecast, but not much. A chilly weekend is ahead, but we'll also see some sun. Forecast details in 10. All right, Kevin Williams, we'll see you then. Let's check the stories making news where you live next. The 107th Pennsylvania Farm Show is about to kick off at the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg. Starts tomorrow. This is the largest indoor agricultural expo in the country, and there's no charge to get in. Parking is $15, though. The Farm Show runs through next Saturday. The Buffalo Bills will wrap up their regular season at home on Sunday against the Patriots. Head coach Sean McDermott. This is what DeMar would have wanted and wants. And um, we owe that to DeMar and we owe that to his family. As mentioned earlier, Bill's safety DeMar Hamlin now breathing on his own and able to communicate after going into cardiac arrest on Monday during a game against the Bengals. Glory to God for his keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. Quarterback Josh Allen says the first thing Hamlin wondered when he woke up from his coma was, who 
won the game. As teammates, you, you love hearing that response that the first thing on his mind wasn't, you know, poor me. It was, how are my teammates doing? Did we win this game? The NFL says the game against Cincy will not be made up, and that could cause some issues when it comes to seedings for the playoffs. We'll explore that a little more in sports with Randy coming up. A 22-year-old Penn State student died on New Year's Eve after an avalanche buried him and his father while they were skiing in Colorado. The father survived. Nick Feinstein was set to graduate from University Park this spring. A proposal to put windmills in the Great Lakes is not sitting well with New York State Senator George Borrello. It's not worth the risks, the unknowns, trying to place industrial wind turbines into Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, which is a source of drinking water for over 11 million people. Even energy regulators who've bought into the Green New Deal argue the windmill idea will not work in advancing the state's aggressive climate change initiatives. I consider this decision by NYSERDA that this study conclusion to be a victory, but we still have a long way to go to restore New York's energy policy to uh, some kind of common sense. Morello's also fighting plans to phase out natural gas use in the Empire State over the next three years. He says that will lead to higher energy prices and devastate New York's economy. If you have a problem with being buried in a casket in the ground, well, there's good news for you in New York. The state is now just the sixth state in the country to legalize human composting for burial. Kevin McKierney owns a funeral home in Elmira. Some people still like traditional earth burial with a casket. Uh, some people like cremation, but there's folks who don't like either one. They don't like the idea of a casket being in the ground. Uh, they don't like the idea of their remains being consumed by flame. So this is the most economical friendly way of disposition that's out there at this point. Washington State, by the way, became the first state to legalize human composting five years ago. Tickets to see Pennsylvania governor-elect Josh Shapiro's inauguration, they have sold out, and they did so within 48 hours. Now efforts are underway to make more available. The 49-year-old Shapiro will be sworn in on January 17th at the state capitol in Harrisburg. An 11-year-old is quite a hit at one Broome County, New York elementary school, except he is not a student. Otto is his name, and he's an 11-year-old chocolate Labrador retriever. I just kind of knew he had a good disposition to be able to calm people down, to provide love, affection. Otto belongs to Shenango Forks Elementary School psychologist Joelle Peltz, who's launched a Reading with the Retriever program. Students who I have not been able to make a lot of therapeutic progress with, he is just able to calm the whole situation down. Students want to walk with him him in the hallway. It's a bit of a privilege to meet with Otto. I'd say so. Pelt says Otto helps students relax and open up their Shenango Forks Elementary. Pennsylvania researchers say the people you hang out with the most are the people you sound like the most. Family Life's Terry Diener explains. When you spend lots of time with a friend, do you find your accent start to change? If so, you're not alone, as a new study has revealed that people start talking like each other when they carry out tasks together. Researchers from Penn State, Villanova, and the University of Pennsylvania carried out a study to investigate phonetic convergence, something that occurs when people start imitating the pronunciation of vowel sounds when speaking to someone with a different accent. They're their findings suggest that the more engaging a task is, the higher the rate of phonetic convergence. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Phonetic convergence.
Convergence. All right. Thank you very much, Terry. Time for us to converge with sports. It's the Noon Report here on Family Life. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, since the Bills-Bengals game has been ruled a no contest and will not be played, a bunch of different scenarios have developed for the playoffs. If the Bills and Kansas City Chiefs both win this weekend and would later meet in the AFC Championship game, the game will be played at a neutral site. And the same scenario unfolds if both KC and Buffalo lose this weekend and the Bengals win. Then you'd have a three-way tie. Well, let's talk hockey. The Rangers have won their third straight after taking down the Canadiens in Montreal 4-1. Chris Kreider, Braden Schneider, and Philip Hedo did the scoring damage with Hedo netting two goals. In Edmonton, the Oilers raced out to a 2-0 lead after the first period and the Islanders never recovered, falling 4-2. A big second period propelled the Flyers past the Coyotes in Philadelphia. Konechny, Farabee, Allison, Perovov, and Hayes all lit the lamp in the middle period. And James Van Riemsdyk added another goal for good measure in the third. 6-2 your final. In Vegas, the Penguins gave up three goals in the first 11 minutes of the game and ended up losing to the Golden Knights 5-2. Other winners on the ice were the Predators, Caps, Blues, Kraken, Canucks, and Bruins. Boston by the way, became only the third team in NHL history to reach 30 wins in 38 games or less, and it hadn't happened for the last 78 years. To the NBA, the Grizzlies, Celtics, Jazz, and Nuggets posted victories. Laurie Markkinen had a career-high 49 points in Utah's win over Houston. That is a look at sports. Thank you kindly, Randy Snavely. And still to come on the Noon Report for a Friday, the Capital Connection crew ready to chime in on the legislative sessions, which just got underway in Albany and Harrisburg. We're speaking to Jason McGuire at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Dan Barkowiak at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Also ahead, did you hear about the robot employee at a Rochester area restaurant? Our own Greg Gillespie. Spiel beyond that story. And meteorologist Kevin Williams says cooler weather for your weekend. His forecast is yours right after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. The Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Well, today could be the most significant Christian holiday that many Christians know the least about. Epiphany, the twelfth day of Christmas, was set aside in the church calendar to remember the visitation of the Magi to the infant Jesus. The day's name comes from a Greek word that means manifestation. Through these strange visitors, God's gift of himself to the world was first made manifest to the wider world and were given a glimpse of the fulfillment of God's promise that through Israel, all the world would be blessed. What Epiphany commemorates is central to the Christian faith and certainly is worthy of the church's continued attention. Among those who understood this was Lou Wallace, someone who lived as eventful a life as possible. Civil War buffs will remember that Wallace may have saved the Union at the Battle of Monocacy in 1864 when his forces delayed Confederate General Jubal early long enough to prevent the capture of Washington, D.C. Later, as territorial governor of New Mexico, Lou Wallace would deal with the likes of Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. 
Still, it was a reunion of Civil War veterans that led to that for which Wallace is best known today. The story was told a few years ago on the Fox News website by John Murray, who's head of the Brookstone Schools and a commissioned Colson Fellow. On a train ride in 1876 to a reunion in Indianapolis, Wallace was reunited with an old comrade-in-arms, Colonel Robert Ingersoll, a man that was known as a great agnostic and who at the time traveled the country deriding and challenging people of faith. Well, this time, he aimed all of his fire at Wallace, someone who was mostly indifferent to Christian faith. But Wallace would later describe the conversation this way, quote, To lift me out of my indifference, one would think only strong affirmations of things regarded holiest would do. Yet here was I, now moved as never before, and by what? The most outright denials of all human knowledge of God, Christ, heaven, and the hereafter, which figure so in the hope and faith of the believing everywhere. Was the colonel right? Well, to prove Ingersoll wrong, Wallace returned to a short story that he had written during the Civil War about the Magi, who, as he put it, had captured his attention as a young boy, taking a lasting hold on his imagination. And eventually, in 1880, he published the final work about a fictitious Jewish prince who discovered the necessity of a savior. You may know it as Ben-Hur, The Tale of the Christ which remained the best-selling American novel until Gone with the Wind was published in 1936. Like the Magi before him and John Murray after him, Wallace's reflection is an example of what it means that the light of Christ has gone out into the world. Of course, in a society that's so effective in distracting us by the temporal, it can be difficult to see what Scripture calls the true light, which gives light to everyone who comes into the world, much less to fulfill our own calling to take that light to others. A great way to start is by remembering and celebrating Epiphany. Another is to commit, like Lou Wallace did, to the intentional study of Scripture, the overall renewing of the Christian mind. And this month, the Colson Center is offering a tremendous book and a set of teaching videos on cultivating the Christian mind. Just go to colsoncenter.org slash January to learn more. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. All right, John, thank you for that. It's Friday, the weekend right around the corner. Let's check that forecast next. Here's Kevin. Good afternoon. Here is your family life weather forecast. We've got a fairly quiet weather pattern ahead. That being said, there is a little lake effect snow in the forecast. Here is the setup for this afternoon. It's mostly cloudy. A couple of rain and snow showers around high temps, mid-30s to mid-40s. For tonight and tomorrow, variable cloudiness with some snow flurries. Lake snow could deposit a couple, three inches in spots southeast of Lake Syria and Ontario. Low temps tonight, mid-20s to low 30s. High tomorrow in the 30s. Sunday, partly sunny with a high temperature, mostly in the 30s. All right, Kev, thank you very much. It is Friday, the 6th of January, 2023, and you're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. And welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the Noon Report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are this week Dan Barkoyak at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Well, gentlemen, Happy New Year to both of you. They are off and running at the state capitals. 
Capitals. The 2023 legislative session is underway. And Jason, I will begin with you as a pro-life conservative. What are the agenda items that you are watching this year? Yeah, I think there are three big ones to keep an eye on. The first is the issue of assisted suicide. There's a new Assembly Health Chair, and uh, she has a reputation for moving her agenda, and she is the lead sponsor of assisted suicide. The other thing is there will be a major push to move abortion-inducing pills into college campuses. That will be an issue that will bear watching this session, as well as a mandate for sex education in public schools. Those are three issues uh, that really Planned Parenthood would like to see come out of our state capital. All right, and in Pennsylvania, Dan, it is a new look General Assembly. What are the issues that you're going to be paying attention to this session? Yeah, absolutely. So happy new year, new look here in Pennsylvania. And I just got done, you know, certainly playing games and Legos with my kids. And I think certainly when you look at our kids, that's a, a top concern. Yeah. And so good policy proposals, helping parents access better educational options for their kids, like a lifeline scholarship uh, to improving school curriculum transparency, but then also some of the, the, the negative. Uh, we're going to see some harmful policy agenda items, infringements on privacy rights in schools, you know, even threats, as Jason mentioned, of increasing abortion access on campuses to the non-medical legalization of marijuana. All right, Jason, how much political blowback uh, do you think that lawmakers are going to get for voting to give themselves that more than 30 percent pay raise? I know we have talked about this before, but uh, do you think the voters are going to remember that in two years? Not enough. You know, and that really was the reason why it was passed the way it did. I mean, this was, you know, the Christmas night, uh, three days before Christmas kind of uh, approach to this. People were paying attention to other things. The election is two years away. It's a long time. Voters will often forget these types of things, but they've got to keep this at the forefront of their minds because we no longer have public servants. We have people who are really profiting and lining their pockets. And uh, to that point, maybe the goal here is to make it a full-time legislature. Do you think that is ultimately what they want to do? Oh, I think for years we have seen trends moving that direction. Uh, you see that really coming out of New York City and that mentality of the city council being a full-time position. And now as members move to the legislature, the state legislature moving to a full-time legislature, that's a problem. And I think that more and more we're moving that direction. Yeah, uh, Dan, what's the latest on the power struggle in the PA House? We do have a speaker now, a guy named Mark Rossi. He's the Reading Democrat, but uh, plans to vote independent, he says. How does his election influence the power struggle that's going on right now in Harrisburg? Well, well, this is certainly the biggest question people are asking across the state is who is Representative Mark Rossi? Uh, you know, no one saw really this coming. I don't know anyone that did. And so Representative Rossi, he's, he's represented Burst County for 10 years, and there is some encouraging positions in his votes. He supported the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, uh, was one of only four Democrat representatives to vote in favor of that, uh, which would have protected women and girls in our state had it not been vetoed by Governor Wolf. And uh, Speaker Rossi's also supported school choice efforts so there's certainly some encouraging things. Uh, he, he certainly sided with the abortion lobby. Uh, there are some concerns that we certainly have. So we'll see how it all plays out. All eyes, Jason, next week, uh, a Governor Hochul's State of the State speech. That will happen on Tuesday. Do you see any effort in, in kind of what she has allowed out as far as a preview of that speech, of her trying to reach across the party lines? Or will this speech be pretty much what the past several have been, a legislative wish list for the far left? You know, this is a little unusual in the sense that the governor is not leaking a lot about what she is planning to do. Normally you hear stories dropping weeks leading up to the state of the state. It's been relatively quiet. I think the governor has an opportunity to pivot more to the center now that she has won her election, but I don't know that she's going to do that. The conversation, even regarding uh, criminal justice, has revolved more around training judges rather than 
repealing cashless bail. So not a whole lot of moderation is occurring thus far. Do you think the out-migration issue will come up? I know for the second year in a row, New York State is tops in the nation when it comes to its residents fleeing the state. she got to address that, doesn't she? You know, she made some passing references to that in her inauguration. So she certainly is aware of the fact that hundreds of thousands of people are fleeing the state. There will be some proposals that will attempt to close that. But whether or not you can make it through a Democratic supermajority in the legislature, that remains to be seen. Again, that state of the state is Tuesday. A lot of us will be watching that. Dan, Governor-elect Josh Shapiro will take the oath of office a little later. I think it's not till January 17th that that happens. You know, he's really difficult to read here because he has indicated support for a lot of the things that you support, like school choice. Do you think that you can take him at his word on that? Well, I think let's look at school choice, you know, especially early on in his candidacy. He did say it wasn't just kind of a passing question. You know, he had it on his website pointing at school choice. He says he favors adding choices for parents and educational opportunity for students in uh, school districts that are low performing. So it's certainly something that he has advocated for. And, and it definitely makes a ton of sense, no matter what your party is, uh, to empower more parents with these options. So I think especially early on uh, in his time as governor, it's certainly something we can uh, you know, look to, to hold him to. All right. A lot of new laws, Jason, took effect the first of the year, including a minimum wage hike, the expansion of the Paid Family Leave Act. Those are just a couple. Uh, do you think these measures, although popular with the voters, will ultimately hurt small business in New York? Yeah, I do. I mean, you think about the fact that you can't even hire a kid in, in New York to uh, bag groceries for less than $14 an hour uh, this year. And who are we kidding? You can't even get a bag for your groceries in New York. <laughs> it, it, it's going to become a problem. And, you know, these wages are unsustainable. That cost uh, is being passed down to businesses. It is simply unsustainable. And I think in 2023, you're going to see a lot more problems for small businesses across the state. Things costing more as well in Pennsylvania. Dan, I want to ask you about the, uh, the toll hike on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I believe, I could be wrong here, but I believe that is the highest taxed toll road in the entire country. But it's going up another 5% in 2023. What's going on here? Why can't the Turnpike Commission get its act together? Well, it, this is not a uncommon problem. Uh, the Turnpike Commission has more debt than the entire state government in Pennsylvania. You know, it costs $50 with Easy Pass to go across the state on the Turnpike. And it underscores the need for different policy proposals. If you don't have your Easy Pass, it's $100 to go across the Turnpike. It, it's ridiculous, and it certainly needs, needs some changes. Unreal. Well, hey, the sports betting is big business in New York, Jason. There was an 8,000, I had to read this twice to make sure I wasn't saying it incorrectly, 8,000% increase in sports betting in New York the past year. Your reaction? Well, you know, obviously I'm most concerned about those who have a problem with gambling addiction. And where you have that much access and that much anonymity now from your mobile phone, you're going to see growth in gambling addiction across this state. Uh, it's simply not worth the profits that the state is seeing from this. It's wrong. It's immoral. But I live in New York, and you get used to seeing immorality uh, become that, which is uh, really the preferred method of raising funds in this state. Yeah. Uh, the FDA this week, uh, Dan, made it easier for women to get uh, do-it-yourself abortions through the availability of abortion pills. I thought it was interesting now more than half of all the abortions in this country are done with a pill, not through surgery. How uh, concerned are you with this FDA action this week? Uh, it's just 
tragic news. This is something every pro-life citizen should have at the top of their radar. Uh, when you look at what's been happening here in Pennsylvania, while there was a, a trend, so to speak, in fewer abortions, more lives are being saved. Planned Parenthood was closing clinics. The last few years, Planned Parenthood's opened three clinics. Uh, we've seen a rise, a 10% rise in abortions in our state. The primary concern, you kind of ask, why is that happening? It's chemical abortions, and, and we're seeing this lax in policy, uh, frankly, putting more women at risk. I mean, you don't do in-person consultations or to do an ultrasound to see if they have an ectopic pregnancy. We're foregoing that to allow for more, uh, frankly, profits by the abortion industry. So it's, it's certainly of, of grave concern. It's, it's saddening. Uh, the one encouraging thing I think I can point to is January 20th is the March for Life. It's the first March for Life in a post-Roe America, and that's mm. something to celebrate. It's something to rally behind. We need to come together and find ways to advance better policies. All right. I love the point, uh, not just making abortion illegal, but making abortion unthinkable. And that's what the Pennsylvania Family Institute is all about. Hey, we've been a lot of places the past 10 minutes, Dan, but if folks want to know more about what is the Pennsylvania Family Institute anyway, why do you exist? You have a wonderful website. What is it, Dan? That's pafamily.org. And stay informed on all the issues in the news out of Albany as well. Jason McGuire, your website, sir. AlbanyUpdate.com. Guys, thank you. Capital Connection airs Fridays during the noon report. You can catch it online as well at familylife.org. And recapping a couple of our top stories before we go, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin now breathing on his own and talking to his teammates. That is definitely good news. Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest during a game against the Bengals on Monday. The 24-year-old talked to his teammates on FaceTime this morning. House members marking the second anniversary of the January sixth Capitol attack today. Incoming House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries honored the officers who defended the Capitol that day. He said democracy remains intact because of their heroic efforts. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy reportedly has a deal in place as he looks to become Speaker. That deal with Congressman Chip Roy of Texas, one of the 20 in the GOP that's been voting against McCarthy the past several days. Lawmakers will try again today to seat a speaker. More jobs are being created. The latest jobs report for the month of December shows employers adding about 223,000 jobs. Last month, the unemployment rate ticked lower to 3.5%. This is Family Life News. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Well, there is a little bit of flakiness in our forecast, but not much. All the while, winter weather continues out west, storm after storm, slamming the western states with heavy rains and snows. Great news from the drought perspective there. But none of that heavy weather comes here, at least not for now. We've got a fairly quiet weather pattern ahead. That being said, there is a little lake effect snow in the forecast. Here is the setup for this afternoon. It's mostly cloudy, a couple of rain and snow showers around high temps, mid-30s to mid-40s. For tonight and tomorrow, variable cloudiness with some snow flurries. Lake snow could deposit a couple, three inches in spots southeast of Lake Syria, Ontario. Low temps tonight, mid-20s to low-30s. High tomorrow in the 30s. Sunday, partly sunny with a high temperature, mostly in the 30s. All right, Kevin, have yourself a wonderful weekend. Before we go, did you hear about the family restaurant in Fairport, New York? It's got a robot on staff. Family Life's Greg Gillespie reports. Come and get it. 
Actually, Rosie the Robot doesn't replace the human servers at McArdle's restaurant. She actually does most of the zigzagging back and forth from the kitchen, so the waitstaff spends more time actually connecting with the customers. By and large, customers enjoy Rosie. McArdle's owner, John Albert, told me that after a one-month test drive, they knew McArdle's would bring her back. When the trial ended, we went a period of time without her, and, and guests would come in, and, and first thing they'd say is, where's Rosie? Where's the robot? We came to see the robot. In case you're curious, Rosie does not work for a 15% or 18% tip. She just needs plugged in behind the counter every so often. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. All right, got to check out that restaurant now. Thank you very much, Greg. That's the world we live in Friday, the 6th of January. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.